Welcome to New Zealand Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by Global Voice Media, the home of New Zealand's favourite podcast. Nice music there, Jared. Uh, with me today is Jared Tito, who's co-hosting with me. Um, as you can hear, he's uh, he's a little bit distracted. You know what I've noticed? Well, when I play like this, you mellow right out. It just sets the whole scene. Um, when we talk on this line, often we, we're shouting and screaming and trying to be funny, but it's just a, it's one of those moments. It's the soothing sounds of the guitar with the capo. It's you and me and a guitar named Bobby McGee. here well what you got on the show for us today today my friend we are talking hip-hop with uh, auckland group midnight gallery hip-hop skiddly debop rebop scooby-doo you got it and also we'll be talking talking to some of the performers and also the creative director um, from touch compass dance company i know we never had a dance company on here before on the show yeah, now what's what's different about what's special about this dance company coming up? Well, we're branching out. This dance company has disabled and able-bodied performers. Uh, now, when you say disabled, you don't just mean people that can't dance, but you mean literally the disabled special needs. That's right. Correct. Correct. Not d- dance. They're not dance disabled. Because I've seen plenty, I've seen plenty of disabled, or as in people that can't dance on the dance floor. No, 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 no. Definitely, we're talking to Tess O'Connell and uh, Georgie Goda. And also Catherine Chappelle from the group as well, from the dance company. Also, more than that, we're talking movies and films. Movies and films. Your favourite subject. Yeah, audio and visual, the, t- the two dimensions of films. What we see and what we hear. That's, what? What it is. That's where it's at. That's getting a little bit too deep for me, hey, Jared. So, films. Films, you've got some, some film geeks coming in here, haven't you? Is that right? We have. We've got Stuart from Cinema Addicts and Sam from Spicy Pulp. Um, two film, well, two well, two, two, two things. Two guys that like film. Uh, but first off, we're going to be talking to a digital artist. He's of uh, Maori and Pacific Island descent, uh, Samoan descent. His name is Wanesian. Ah, Wanesian, digital artist. Actually, we were having a look at some of his work uh, just previous to this. Did you like it? Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, He's yeah. a very clever guy. Very, very clever. Did you just get warmed up. Where's your guitar gone? Okay. Give, give us a few outro strums. Well, yeah. All right, here we go. Wanesian. He's a man on the move. Yeah. All right, we're here tonight with uh, Nijin, one Nijin. Yeah. One Nijin, the man. Yes. Uh, let's talk about your art, because your art's pretty damn funky cool. Um, how did you get into art? Uh, it's just one of those things, is if you play, um, you get in- inspired by... Uh, siblings. Uh, yep. I got especially inspired by my family and my brother. Uh, he was drawing way before me, so that's what pretty much inspired me from the beginning. Because eh? a lot of your art has got a mouldy flavour, like I've seen uh, on your Facebook page. Yes. But you do other. What, what other favourite st- styles or subjects do you like oh. to, to do? Oh, there's there's so much. Hey, art is so diverse. Um, there's a whole range of uh, different styles. I do urban graffiti, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, it's, there's so much. I, 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 I mean, yeah. It's not only uh, the Polynesian culture, Maori culture. Uh, there's, there's a lot of th- other things that uh, interest me, and they'll be coming up in a lot of uh, exhibitions later on next year. And some of your artwork sometimes goes for like thousands of dollars. Um, how does it happen when you go from like doing it as a hobby to like becoming serious, like a business? You know, where you're actually selling. 
you know, your art or your prints to people. Does it sort of change who you are? Does someone agree? Yeah, uh, that's that's the definite. Uh, that's a great question. Um, overall, it's, it should not change me. I'm, I'm still the same person, still hungry as ever. And uh, the price point on, on paintings and artwork should never change me because if that changes me, then it changes my perspective and my art and then I've lost what I was trying to achieve in the first place, which is, uh, just, you know, I've, I've always got this motto called a, a Luda Continua. Basically, it means um, the struggle continues. So it keeps it in my heart. I, I just keep struggling mm. and keep grinding every day. Focus. Yes, keep the focus on hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what sort of, um, what, what things are you doing with the art at the moment? Are you doing exhibitions or, or, or touring? Is it only just in Auckland that people can see your, your artwork on exhibition? Well, um, most people don't realise I'm still an emerging artist. Um, I might have been well known uh, outside of the fine arts uh, sector, but uh, in the in the fine arts world, there's a, a, a procedure you got to go through, and uh, I've just got to go through the exhibitions and that before I can do so, so, stuff like I really want to do, like. Uh, touring the artwork, especially uh, overseas. Yeah. Oh, great, excellent. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, where we can check out your artwork. You're on Facebook. Oh, most my, most of my work is on Facebook because uh, it's it's the most common platform for everybody to know and everybody to go to. So I, I just say that. Hey. Check out the One Legion brother. He's on Facebook. Uh, One Legion. Um, if you check out his work, I'm sure you won't be disappointed. In um, artwork from One Legion. Kind of cool. Um, it kind of reminds me of sort of like um, the old pop, pop art sort of stuff like uh, Andy Warhol but with a sort of Polynesian flavour. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, very good. It's definitely got some of the inspiration, I, I think, from Andy Warhol's experimenting with a lot of colour. Of ma- what, would you, what, would you, what do you call it? Merging yeah. the old with the new, but he's got his own dash. Definitely got his own signature. Hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely colourful and it's quite clean, eh? Quite clean looking. It's very clean and it's very international. It's got a lot of appeal visually. I can, I can see why he's selling. Well, the brother's making a lot of money off uh, his artwork. Yeah, good on him. Um, next up, we, we, uh, we talked to a professional dance company. They're, they're, they're called an all-inclusive um, professional dance company called Touch Compass, which means that they actually have uh, disabled and able-bodied uh, performers or dancers uh, in the in the company within themselves, which is quite interesting uh, for myself. I don't know if you've ever seen them before, Jared. No, I haven't. But explain to me what you mean by abled dancers and disabled dancers. When you say disabled, do you mean they have two left feet? They just have no idea, so anyone can join. Or do you mean? They have some special need or physical... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical disability. Uh, it could be sight and vision impaired. Um, it could be, you know, um, any any sort of, uh, like, with Tess Connell, one of the, the performers, she had no arms from the elbows down. Mm. Um, so I talked to Tess Connell and uh, another one of the dancers, Georgie Gota, and also the uh, creative director, Catherine Chappell. And this is what they had to say about their new show called Acquisitions 14. Hi, Tess. Hi. Is, is there any, any, any sort of, I don't know, um, pressure being uh, disabled, because you are born without any arms from the elbows down, uh, to perform, um, well, I don't know, perform any pressure to perform more than able-bodied dance companies, perhaps? Um, I think, in some respects, that um, you're kind of proving to other people that even though you're disabled or disabled-bodied, that you can show to the world, I guess, and everyone who's there to watch that um, you can perform and dance just as well as any other able-bodied dancer, um, if not different, a lot more differently. So you've got a whole lot of different tools under your belt, I reckon. Um, so you're kind of displaying and um, 
performing all those those different kind of tactics that you use to dance and so I guess that's an added pressure to prove that you can you can do what everyone else can do. I suppose you don't have to prove it there because it actually works. You don't even notice uh, anything like that on the stage. You're just seeing the dance unfold before your eyes, and I think it was great. Uh, we're also going to talk to now to Georgie Goda, one of the performers as well, just witness as well. Um, Georgie, can you just tell us, um, you know, what sort of um, what sort of reaction or what sort of uh, what do you want uh, spectators to take home from watching the show? What sort of thoughts do you, uh, you know, personally? Hi. Um, I guess, yeah, to see um, that the differences are kind of dissipated by the end of the show because obviously that does sort of cross people's minds when they hear the all-inclusive but um, yeah by, by dancing together on stage and performing and seeing what we can do together it doesn't become so much about the difference but what we can all do together and create together so yeah if people can see that and take something from that then that's awesome. I, I don't even like that term all inclusive or able bodied. Just sounds so naff, doesn't it? Uh, you know, it's like, what does that mean? Yeah, no, but uh, you know, if, if I didn't have my, you know, my arms or my elbows, you know, arms, I wouldn't be able to hold the microphone. I take a lot of things for granted, you know, that you would do everyday things. But I saw with Tess, she was like swinging off the rafters, off the bars, jumping through windows. And now artistic director style. So we got uh, Catherine Chavel. I think, and uh, just keeping that in mind, Catherine, uh, when you're approaching something like this, collaborative works and dance with able-bodied and disabled uh, performers, um, are there any are there any thoughts that are going through your head? Like any allowances? Are you thinking a process within your head, or you just you don't even think about those things? You just comes whatever comes out of, out of your creative muse. I mean, when we're starting a work, we think about what we're trying to achieve, and both with thematically and we don't necessarily start on what we're going to do with our bodies, but we actually use um, the differences in our bodies to really sort of push and drive the theme. And, and I mean, the key thing for us is to actually go with what people can do and then push it beyond what we think they can do. And I think that's the great thing about Touch Compass is that we always expect more. And um, in the end, people really go beyond their own physicality, both um, all the dancers do that. And we will never stop pushing them <laughs> right to the bitter end. Well, I think it's, a, and it's good. I think there's more people need to be challenged like that and actually see uh, the collaborative works that you guys actually do together. It's amazing. That is fantastic. Uh, good luck with the show tonight. I'm sure we'll hear a bit more about Touch Compass in the future. Thank you very much. Cool. Interesting, the uh, Touch Compass guys, um, and, and like I say, Jared, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. So Amazing. You, the show, the show was going playing at the queue, was it? Yeah, yeah. Just early on in the month, they did about a ten-day stint um, there. Uh, the show received some great reviews, and yeah. and obviously the the performance I saw them do was like a dress rehearsal, but. It just blew me away, just how a- a- agile and able they were. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome sounds to behold. Awesome. Video on demand. If I say to you video on demand, VOD, do you know what I'm talking about? I believe you're talking about Spark, which is the new name for Telecom. May I never mention that name again. <laughs> that's the one gold coin in the swear jar, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it's like TVNZ on demand, except it's like music or no, video on demand, all you can eat for 15 bucks. Is that right? Yeah, we're talking about Lightbox, the new Spark or X Telecom, whichever side you want to be on. Yeah, the, the 
buy side, the Spark side. The telco formerly known as Telecom Spark, yeah. Spark it up. Um, their service comes on at the end of the month called Lightbox. Um, basically, it's, a, it's an online TV uh, video-on-demand service. Um, they're going to be um, offering all the content will be in up, up to 1080 Full HD, um, fifteen dollars a month, and I think there's a trial period as well that you can try out the uh, the light box on too for a month. Hey, now tell me if you if you're one of those people you got a smart TV, can they just go straight onto this light box? You can. There's an online uh, login. You can get, get to it online, lightbox.co.nz. It also you can use it on tablets and on phones as well. I think it's only available though on the iPad and the Apple iPhone at the stage. Android will be coming on later. Um, Oh, Android's where it's at, eh? What do you got, mate? You got a? I've got Android. You know, I love my Android. I love it so much because I can dial up stuff on my Android, play it straight over to the television. Boom, bang, there it is. <laughs> you can't do that with Apple? I think you can. I think you can, eh? But I mean, I don't have an Apple, so, or an I thingamajig. So, uh. You, you'd be a perfect poster boy for Android, uh, Jared. Yeah, I'm really digging it. I mean, the technology just blows me away. And it's just so, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like having a smart house. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Nothing wrong with having a smart house. Um, so that's Lightbox. That's Sparks offering video-on-demand service, TV service. Um, there's, there's quite a lot of other video-on-demand services as well. Um, TVNZ, TV3, New Zealand Film Commission, who released the Everything We Love movie, Max Curry's movie, uh, simultaneously on their VOD service at the same time as the premiere the premiere, and yeah, and there's nothing, well, nothing like a premiere. <laughs> at home. <laughs> Not on the red carpet, but being at home watching it. That's right. I was going to include into your list pirating, but, um, but we're not allowed to say that, because eh? that never happens, of course. Hey, and we're going to be talking about movies and films now. Well, you, uh, recently, I talked to uh, Stuart from uh, Cinema Addicts, and Sam from Spicy Pulp, two movie and film websites uh, that you should really get into. So Spicy Pulp, Cinema Addicts, uh, here's the interview. We're going to be talking new films and new movies coming up in the not-so-distant future. Oh, my gosh. Email from Jay. As you know, I'm on a mental gap year in Australia. Come and stay anytime you like. I'm in. Okay, right now we're going to be getting down and funky with the, the film and movie crew here. We've got uh, Mr. Stewart from Cinema Addicts and Samuel from Spicy Pulp. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Hey, well, how are you doing, man? First off on the bat is The Inbetweeners 2. Stuart, you were lucky enough to swan around with a couple of guys from the film and the co-director as well. How was that? Yeah, no, it was quite an interesting experience. They're very... Um very clean-cut guys, a lot more refined than I thought they would be after watching the movie, but it was sort of very fascinating to see them in person and then to see them on screen, because it's almost like a complete contrast. You must have fit right, right with them, mate, just uh, hanging out with them, would you? Well, it's one of the in-betweeners. Yeah, well, you're in depth and change. In the, in <laughs> <laughs> Give us your review on that. How did you find the movie? You went to the screening as well. Um, everyone knows about the TV show and the in-betweeners movie. How, how did the, the second movie rate? Yeah, it's quite an interesting film. I'd say I'd give it a pass, but for two reasons. Yeah. One is because it reminds you of a lot of the idiotic people you come across in everyday life and some of the awkward things which they do to get attention from people. And secondly as well, just the, um, I guess the enjoyment of laughing at other people's mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, well, I think we can all testify that. Samuel, right, Paul and Grammar, me, I'm from a uh, boys' college, Sharon boys' college. Everyone can, has those sort of moments or experiences like the in-betweeners, you know, meeting, yeah, coming to manhood, meeting girls, except not going to Australia, though. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's quite interesting because um, Jay's um, the one who's in Australia doing a gap year over there, and Will, Neil, and Simon are just you know got completely bummed out by going to a party as, uh, dressed up as Harry Potter characters, and they decide, you know, nuts to this, we're not going to spend any more time here, let's just go down and find Jay in Australia, because he's been sending him these big texts about how he's some hotshot DJ in a fancy nightclub, and he's getting, like, you know, all these Australian girls, you know, coming and lining up and sleeping with him, and then it turns out he's nothing more than a toilet butler. <laughs> um, how, did you, how did you rate the movie uh, overall? Would you give it a, a solid uh, rating out of five? I would give it a three out of five it's those two things which I mentioned earlier on is enough to get it past the line if I was an in-betweeners fan I'd definitely give it a five out of five but I'm sadly not so it's just a three fantastic now that movie's coming out August 28th here in New Zealand in general release another movie that's currently playing at the moment is The Expendables 3 great to have you back no better place to be (laughs) (laughs) I can't be we were close once. We started this whole Expendables thing together, but we had a falling out. What are you going to do? Reload. Action-packed, lots of muscles in there. Samuel Haynes was there. Speaking of muscles, he was there as well. How did you find the Expendables 3? Uh, 3? Coming on to 4? Yeah, so, yeah, so you know, it was fun. Um, it was good to see Barney and the boys back, um, you know, doing what they could do best, which is blowing stuff up. Uh, but the best part had to be the new additions to the cast and chiefly Mel Gibson as the uh, bad guy, Conrad Stonebanks. Um, it's great to see Mel in there and because, you know, he's the villain that the franchise deserves because he can really take Sly um, and he's a pretty nasty guy. Um, also, we've got Wesley Snipes who's having pretty fun as uh, the character Dr. Death who's basically a former medic turned sort of knife master and then, of course, the ever-lovable Antonio Banderas turns up as uh, Galgo who's a bit of a loose cannon and uh, desperately wants to prove himself and show that he can still rock it and uh, he does a great job. You know what? Um, this is probably the only Mel Gibson film I've, I've never had any negative press or uh, press about. Really, he's um, he's sort of dispensing the bullets on this one. He's a bit of a nasty guy, but I think you just get. I think you know they get into it, um, and we also have the young kids involved as well. Kellen Lutz from the Twilight films and uh, the Hercules film. He's in there, and uh, Ronda Rousey, who's a UFC fighter, and she's one tough chick. Um, you know, both in the movie and in real life. So she does some serious damage, but she's sort of the breakout star. So yeah, it was- uh, she is tough as um, Zoe Saldana. And uh, Galaxians of the Galaxy is Gamora. You know that'd be fun to see a sort of you know um, you know Ronda Rousey Luna versus uh, Zoe Zaldana Gamora. That'd be a fun fun matchup. But um, yeah, she's pretty tough. That could be another show, another talk for another show. Um, excellent, Stuart. We'll come back to you. Um, you've picked a film recently that when we talked about movies that you like to talk about, you you chose a Danish movie. Now, when I think of Danish movies, I think uh, well, all TV shows, the, the psychological thrillers like The Killing. Um, the bridge, and then also you got the Swedish guys are doing that with um, the girl. Girl, the dragon tattoo. With a dragon tattoo. Tell, tell us about this this interesting film choice of yours. Yeah, well, the film I've chosen well is called The Keeper of Lost Causes, and it's about this hardened detective that's assigned to a cold case unit with um, someone else, and they're required to write off a few cases every week. But sure enough, as is the case in most psychological thrillers, you have this one case which they take in a particular attachment to and they have to find out you know what happened to this woman like you know it was a a Danish politician and she's gone missing and the last person to see her alive was her um, mentally um, deranged brother Ufe 
And they originally think it's just a suicide, but it turns out to be something a lot more, and we discover what it is along the way. Mmm, oofay. Yeah, no, the, uh, that sounds good. It sort of sounds a little bit like uh, Headhunters, which is not a cool sort of Danish film, but no, it sounds really cool, man. You guys in your Danish movies. I don't know I don't know where you're going with this on this one, yeah. Stuart. Um, let's talk about uh, your, your websites now, Stuart. Cinema Addicts, where can people uh, check out your movies, reviews? Yeah, certainly www.cinemaaddicts.co.nz. Only one A, not two. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and the good news is we're nearly at 1,000 followers on Twitter. That's, nearly, that's up there with in-betweeners, tw- followers as well. Samuel Hames, uh, co-founder or founder, CEO of Spicy Pulp. Yep, so check us out, www.spicypulp.com, uh, all one word. And uh, yeah, just hit us up. We're always looking for to hang out with the spicy pulpers and talk film and TV, so check us out. Be fun, guys. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys tonight, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Cool, cheers, nice one. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, it's Peter Peterson here and it's time for Gaming Bites. We take a few bites out of the NZ Entertainment podcast to talk about video games. Well, August has been a bit of a slow month for video games, but in early September we'll see the rise of Destiny. Now, I'm not talking about Brian Tamaki's church, no, I'm talking about Destiny, the massively multiplayer online first-person shooter developed by Bungie, the makers of the Halo series. I know what you're about to do. It's brave. There are enemies out here you would not believe. But they've never seen anything like you. This game looks epic. The game is described as a shared world shooter which means you'll be playing alongside other people online through the game as you fly to different planets and destroy the darkness who have taken over our solar system. Destiny is set 700 years in the future, so you get really cool futuristic weapons and you act as the guardians of the light who have to defend Earth's cities from the darkness. To do this, you can play alone or with your mates online Or you can fight against your own mates in the multiplayer arena called The Crucible. Destiny is definitely one to look out for, and to play it is your destiny. Also in early September, on September 18th, we have Disney Infinity 2.0. That's right, that top-selling game from last year, Disney Infinity, is coming out with a sequel that is full of upgrades of the last game. For those of you who haven't played Disney Infinity, it is one of those games where you buy little toy figurines and you place them on a base plate and then you can play as those characters in the game. It's a great way for Disney to make a lot of money because you have to buy all these little toys to go with the game. Well, in Disney Infinity 2.0, we're going to have a ton of new toys coming out. You can still play with the old toys, but the Marvel characters have now entered the roster. So the game will come with Thor, Iron Man, and Black Widow. And then you can also buy the other members of the Avengers. Plus, we'll be having the Guardians of the Galaxy set coming out at the same time, as well as the Ultimate Spider-Man playset, with Spider-Man, Nova, and Venom 
in there. If you're not a fan of the Marvel characters, there's plenty of Disney characters coming out as well. Maleficent, Merida from Brave, Stitch, Tinkerbell, Aladdin, Jasmine, and Donald Duck. My three-year-old's going to be real happy about this. So save up your money for Disney Infinity 2.0. This is a real bank-draining game. Okay, we better look at the quick list. What's coming out in the next few weeks? On August 29th, we have Madden NFL 2015 coming out. The next upgrade for the popular Madden football series. On the same day, we have Metro Redux coming out. It's a uh, stealth survival horror first-person shooter game that came out last year. But this version of Metro has all the DLC upgrades, plus lots of other bells and whistles added. So if you haven't played the Metro series, pick up this one. On August 31st, pick up Goat Simulator, a game where you can be a goat. You know, you've always wanted to be a goat. Well, now you can be one in a video game. For those of you who need their Sims fix, Sims 4 is coming out on September 5th. The upgrade to the popular Sims series, it's like a whole new interactive world. For those strategy lovers out there, we have Stronghold Crusader 2 and Meridian A New World coming out in late August, early September. Well, that's about it for Gaming Bites this week. Thanks for listening. Keep on gaming, guys. And as for me, I'm going to go watch a goldfish play Pokemon on Twitch. music or hip-hop um it's been around since the creation of time and i don't profess to be one of uh, of, of the rap nature to be honest i'll be out of my musical depth if i did uh, say that i was um however we've got some real heavyweights of rap here with me today midnight gallery kia ora boys welcome hey how you doing <laughs> very good tight up kia ora hey kia ora kia ora Kia ora, Edgar. Kia ora, Kia ora, guys. Welcome, welcome to our humble uh, studio here at New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. And thanks for taking the time to come down and have a chat with me as well. Um, there's a few pictures in here as well, of course, for the ambiance and, and donuts, of course. They just ain't pictures. <laughs> 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 um, hey, listen, we just want to talk about your music, which is awesome. We've just been listening to your, spinning your, your CD, which is great, or Warner Records. You've been getting extensive uh, radio play on, on bass, Kiwi, BFM. All the stations. How's it been going since the release of the CD, Adam? It's been going pretty well. It sort of was a, um, a quite a fast sort of process from the beginning to release. So we'd only been together for about nine months. Um, Tyler, you do. I noticed you sang one. Uh, you do a bit of singing as well on the album. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that because you're the only person who's willing to? Put their vocals on the line. Oh, I reckon the other boys could try, but they just they're not. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we're gonna get a solo Edgar uh, verse pretty soon, I reckon. No, if I could sing love songs, I would be a pop singer. Oh, yeah. There's no way I'd oh. rap. No, I just can't rap, and they needed to find something for me to do. So, that was... <laughs> so you don't actually rap. You rap on the album, though, don't you? Yeah. Oh, uh, nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the video memory. 
you said it, you got the big part there with the singing sort of vocal style there. Is it true that the guys had to import you from uh, Thames to, to get on the sing on the album? It's very true. Yeah, yeah. I actually haven't heard the album yet. I've been in Thames, so... <laughs> It was, a, it was a salary cap issue. We were going to get another Aucklander, but it was well over cap. Had to work within the cap. We had to, we had to spend a bit on the tune as break members, so we could. We had to really balance it out. Edgar, you used to play in a band, uh, Group Any Numbers. Yeah. And uh, was it you, Tyler? Yeah. Both of you guys. Yeah. Now, now, what's happened with that band there? Because they were, you know, back in the day. Yeah, um, we kind of just kind of sort of we were like, you know, it's just kind of we're working on this, so it's on hold. It's on hold. Yeah. It's on, on hold. Um, Big things coming now Since the launch of the album It sort of kind of went under the radar um, But people are starting to to pick up on Midnight Gallery Um, And you also, Adam, you're busy with the Tahuna Branks guys as well Uh, What's the plans around uh, the band now With touring and and maybe concerts and that sort of stuff Uh, Edgar, your thoughts Yeah, we're we're sort of at the moment Trying to put together a pretty big summer tour Um, We're working on that and hope two shows yeah, we got we got two shows in Thames lined up. <laughs> really, that'll be big nights. Yeah, what are the venues called, Tyler? For that, uh, one of them is the GBD, and the other one is Matt Donnelly's shed. Yeah, that's not a, that's actually <laughs> Matt Donnelly's shed too. Now uh, we got a bunch of shows around the country we're trying to suss out, and um, we've actually we actually got a good coming up with as uh, you were saying before, Adam. We're breaks. We've got a pretty special night that we're, that we're lucky enough to share with, with these dudes, where we're playing um, support for them on their tenth anniversary, which would be cool as well. So we've got a few things in the pipeline. All I really want to do is reach for the stars. Spit out of my shirt, show when I forgot my scars. Life is hard, life is harsh. Living in the city, a broken heart. Yeah. I ran my hands over, a broken heart that was stolen like a standover. I poured a drink, I'm concerned about the hangover. She dealing with the type of pain, she can't stand sober. Baby, I don't have the Adam, you say you're the, the main maestro whiz kid on the keys for you on uh, Tahuna Breaks, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I play uh, keys and synthesizer in the band. What sort of uh, what's what's your role in the in the group in Midnight Gallery? Um, sort of the music. So, um, <laughs> music. <laughs> I do, I do it all. Musical IQ. We're gonna play. What's your musical IQ now? You guys are pretty um, up with the play on, on pop quizzes. Eager, you looking a bit worried? Um, it depends where we're going with this, but we'll give it a crack. All right, let's go. The first question to you, Adam. Um, what is Lord's name backwards? Well, like her actual name. No, oh, you're getting tricky on me. Not, no, no, just her stage name, Lord, backwards. Ed, Ed roll, Ed roll, Ed roll. It is Ed roll. Damn, fine, that's one down. Ed roll, Ed roll. Very good. But the second question at you, Tyler. Um, uh, let's have a look. Um, Kim.com. Oh yes. Yeah. Have you guys played at Rhythm and Vines? Yes. Yeah. Oh, not actually, not this group, but we have. And he previously played his Rhythm of Vines. What was the name of his CD or his album he just brought out recently? I don't know. He's got a flower on the front. Yes. He's got, got a flower. That's half a point. Uh, dot com. Close. What are you? Go jump in. Jump in. Good times. Good times. Good times. Clap. Yes. That is, no, no. That's, that's, that's the full, full Monty right there. And for an extra bonus point, how old is Lord? Oh, she would be 17 now. She can vote this year. Very good. I'll take the first answer. You good because that's the correct one. Yeah, I, I think I saw a video where she was talking about how she's going to vote this year, so she must be eighteen soon. Is anyone going to be voting for dot com at all? No, <laughs> I do want. Okay, last question going to you, Edgar. This is a good one. Okay, name the eighties hit made famous by the Party of Multi Club and Delvanius. 
You have. You've interjected and interjected well. That's it. Three out of three. Thanks for coming along. Um, now let's uh, have a look. Whereabouts can people find you online? Uh, Facebook.com slash Midnight Gallery NZ or SoundCloud Midnight Gallery NZ. Instagram. Oh, you've got it. You're on Instagram down there. Go. We've got it down Thames now on a dial-up. <laughs> um, I just started tweeting, though. I got Twitter now. <laughs> but we've got all those Twitter and Facebook and um, Adam's Tinder and everything. <laughs> I've never had Tinder. You've had Tinder. No, no, no. Are you going to bring this up now? I've had, I had Tinder for 12 hours to prove a point. Listen, uh, guys, memory and scars uh, to, to your videos, which are available on YouTube to find out. Um, go check them out. Facebook, Midnight Galleries. Check them online. Uh, get the music good musical outlet near you thanks boys for coming in shout for having us bro thanks thanks man thank you thank you man thanks for the donut walk these thoughts a million times rip my thread restitch my mind got me singing on my mind fall in love fall behind why you gotta be so cold hear my pain it's in my tongue softly spoken on Oh. Nice, Jared. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say don't leave your day job, to be honest. Well, well, you should wait till we get into it a bit more before you start making uh, oppressing me with those kinds of calls. You can't really do a rap to a Maori strum. Um, so, but anyway, we tried. Hey, but those guys do. Crashed and burned. Yeah, Midnight Gallery too. <laughs> he's not. He's not really a Maori strummer there. Except, yeah, you know, Tyler. He's cool. He's from Thames. Can't be the Jinga Jack. The Jinga Jack Rap Group. Um, Midnight Gallery, uh, look out for their song Memory and Scars. Um, the videos are on YouTube. Well, it is winter and it's a good excuse to get out of the house and go see a show or a movie or two. And uh, one show that uh, we've seen that we, we liked uh, recently as, a, do- as a, show, well, a show that's gone to the dogs is a play called Dog by Ben Hutchison, uh, which is playing at the Basement Theatre. Until August 29th. Um, Jared, we were lucky to go along to that uh, play, and you obviously come from a theatrical thespian background. Um, how did you find the, uh, the play Dog tonight? Well, it was a nice little story, well, uh, well written, I thought. Some good laughs in there. Uh, the crowd seemed to like it. Um, just a, just a, a, a three hander play, which is always a lot of hard work for the actors because there's got a lot of lines to carry through. The story arc's good, and of course, the theme dog. Um, there is a dog in the play, isn't there? There is a dog, and it was a delightful dog. I love the dog. Love the dog. It's kind of, kind of still. Mm, I hear a particularly uh, pungent role. So, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's actually it's a nice little story, a quaint story about, I guess, you know, yeah. taking care of business. The players tonight, anyone stand out for you out of the three-handed players? Okay. Not including the dog. Yeah, actually, the, there's a young guy in there. What's his name? Which is Gareth he? Is it Williams? Gareth Williams? Yeah. Tall blonde. Magnificent performance from him. I have to take my hat off and say, yeah, well done. Good. He, he, he's he got timing, comic timing. He's He can throw around the dramatic moments as well. For me, I think he, without him in that play, it would, have, would not have been the same. And now also making her theatre debut was Siobhan Ruakiri from uh, AKA from Shortland Street in Guatemala, Nokwa from Guatemala. Um, and she, who was her debut tonight, which we thought she was quite solid. Solid performance from her. 
McInnes. McInnes, who plays the older character, he he was a nice performer, a real Kiwi as. I thought he brought a nice Kiwi touch to it. So, uh, yeah, if you want to, after a bit of Kiwiana, uh, he, Mick, certainly brings it in. This show is not only about the dogs, but you've got to go and see it. It's, uh, it's entertaining. Um, it's on until August 29th. And guess who we bumped into there at the show? None other than uh, Mr. Cameron Rhodes from the movie Housebound, which we've been, we've been pumping this movie for a while. How good it is. Um, yeah, love, e- excellent movie, actually. Really, really good. Uh, it has the whole package. It has drama, has suspense. Uh, it's a bit of horror going on. And, of course, it's loaded with comedy. Yeah. And and it's not over the top cheesy comedy. It's just nice in the in the pouch, right timing, really good. Some lovely moments in that movie. It was a real honor to to meet Cameron. Cameron, yeah, tonight. Uh, and he's a he's a really decent bloke. Um The only thing that sort of put me off is that in real life he uh, on the funny parts he has that that psycho laughter. Psycho killer laughter. Probably how he got the role. <laughs> and he's a, he lectures, so we have that in common too. Uh, Cameron uh, is also a, a lecturer in drama, so I immediately have an affiliation with him. So, but I like, you know, what I really like about the fact that he's in the movie. What's that? He's got the knowledge and he's got the experience. Mm. Um, and it's so good to see someone like him, who's yeah. usually teaching drama, actually with the opportunity. Let's face it: if all the, all the drama teachers would much rather be acting. Now, he told us he actually um, taught Morgana O'Reilly, who's got the lead part in the role. Um, he talked also about uh, filming some of the over-shoulder scenes, the reverse scenes, nine months after. Um, and also, uh, he gave us a guide insight into the CGI effects and also the blood splatter that went on behind the movie, which is kind of cool for an insight to go along to a, yeah. a theatre play and then talking to one of the guys from Housebound Movie. Yeah, for the it, was, it, was, it was quite fortuitous, actually, because when we were in the lobby, we, we saw him there. We thought, that's great. And then we ended up sitting next to him had a... Had that conversation, which was really cool. Props, um, props to Cameron. Cracked me up that they, you know, the the film was so budget. I mean, yeah. low budget, but the but the quality is honestly international. I think. Yeah. Um, but what he said, he had to wait nine months to do the reverse. <laughs> <laughs> and what did he, do? he found something still in his jacket nine yeah, months well, later? Pocket. They had hired the the costumes, and then it went back, and then when they retrieved it. Lo and behold, his script so is still in the pocket. So they obviously don't wash those things. Um, but, um, but that's quite cool, yeah, yeah. It's entertainment, isn't it, for you? Um, okay, The Last Saint is coming out also. Um, um, this is a, a, a gritty insight into the Polynesian crime underworld. Um, it's all about P, P for pleasure, P for procrastination. That's the sort of catchphrase for the, the movie. P for pinball. P for pimpin'. P for pinball, because we know that uh, one of the characters there, Joe Nofau, um, plays pinball, one of the main characters on there. We thought he, he did a stellar job playing that character. A stellar job, and he's um, Renee's brother, isn't he? Renee, obviously, the director. And uh, he obviously, oh, I thought this of all the cast, they, they must really love Renee because they put their hearts, hearts and souls into each of their performances. And for me, that was the, one of the standout things for the whole movie was the dedication from the acts. Fantastic, Jared. Thanks for coming along, keeping me company again. It's been really good. Thanks for that rap too. Um, and disregard what you said about I don't have a future in that. Uh, you, <laughs> you never know who has a future and what, but anyway, that's it from me and it's, it's always good to be here and I'm looking forward to the movies this week as well. Until then, uh, be safe, stay cool and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, always a pleasure. 